want to talk to you a little bit about our sponsor this half hour. Our sponsor is, um, uh, hang on just a second. I got it. I got it. It's American Financing. I mean, how great is that? American Financing. Uh, American Financing is there for you if you're looking for a mortgage, you're looking for a refi. Have you considered consolidating all of your high interest loans? Credit is going to get tougher and tougher to get soon. Please, if you need a loan, if you need to refinance and refinance into these low locked in rates, you want to consolidate, get out of that high interest debt. If they raise the rates uh, on your debt, you're never, ever going to be able to pay it off. So please consider American Financing today. Call them today. 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or AmericanFinancing.net. All right. Hour number two of the program begins in just a minute. Stand by. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. It is Monday, and we're going to start it off right. We're going to talk a little bit about the woke culture, but we have a couple of good signs that are happening in the woke culture, and we're going to start there in 60 seconds. Stand by. The Glenn Beck Program. Then, then, we'll, get to the, then we'll get to the economy. Oof. All right, let me tell you about RecTech. RecTech is a grill that is just fantastic. It's a grill. It's a smoker. It is an oven. It'll bake everything. It'll do really pretty much anything, and it's unlike anything I've ever seen. This this was, you know, those people that go around and they you know do the barbecue contests. Uh, that's who designed this. This was a group of guys who were like, we need a better grill, and they built it so they could haul it around the, the entire country. And then people started seeing it. They go, where can I get one of those? So they started building it. Now you can get one. They are far superior to anything that you will find on the market, and it will hold a constant temperature. You can remote start it. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's just fantastic. It really is. And there's kind of a community of the people who uh, do this. And so they have a Rectech social media, which gives you all kinds of really great recipes and everything else. Find Rectech on uh, social media. Find Rectech and AB. Compare them to whatever grill you might be looking at. Uh, compare Rectech with a Q. R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com. That's where you'll find them. Rectech dot com. All right. Let's start with... Uh, Let's start with Roger Daltrey, who was with The Who, uh, kind of a big rebel, 
I mean, the Who was, they were a rebellious band. Uh, I don't know when rock and roll went soft and lost its, its real roots of rebellion, but apparently Daltrey hasn't. This is from a um, podcast from Apple Music, an interview with uh, DJ Zane Lowe. Listen. It's becoming so absurd now with the AI doing all the tricks it can do and the woke generation. It's terrifying the, the, the miserable world they're going to create for themselves. I mean, anyone who's lived a life and you see what they're doing, you just know that it's a route to nowhere, especially when you've lived through the periods of a, of a life that we, we've had the privilege to. I mean, we've had the golden era. There's no doubt about that. But we came out of a war. We came out of a leveled society, completely flattened bomb sites and everything. And we, we built that. We've been through socialist governments. We've seen the communist system fail in, in, in the Soviet Union. They've been in the, I've been in those communist countries while they were communists. I've seen how <laughs> wonderful, really, it was. <laughs> so he's obviously gone off the deep ends, too. I'm really concerned about his mental health because that's crazy talk. Yeah, you're, you're a madman. You don't talk about the woke generation in that way. Uh, these are not the not, not up to Apple Music. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> quick, buy all the vinyl of the Who you possibly can and of Roger Daltrey because it might get scarce soon. N- not to say that anybody would cancel anybody because we know that wouldn't uh, ever happen. Well, cancel culture isn't real, Glenn. You should know that. Yes, thank you. It's well, not- no, it is. Clyburn said it is. Clyburn said it is. Here's here's Congressman Clyburn on cal- uh, cancel culture. That's exactly what it's about. Uh, you know, uh, I don't agree with Liz on much politically, uh, but, you know, that's how we grow as a country. This whole thing that everybody is, ought to be marching in lockstep, that is what leads people to destruction. People ought to have a diversity of thought. Diversity is very, very important. We want to limit it uh, to gender and sometimes to race. It is also about thought. And I want to see a strong Republican Party. My parents were Republicans, and I would love to see this party honor them. But this party, Republican Party today, is showing so much dishonor to the people who made it possible. The people who down from Abraham Lincoln kept this party alive on the basis of anti-slavery, which itself was a big lie. And now they're perpetuating it. Now, they talk a lot Mm -hmm. about cancel culture (laughs) this is the classic cancel culture they are perpetrating that which they uh, argue that they are against okay stop (laughs) so you go into it thinking i i how am i agreeing then the shoe falls and you're like he's talking about how the republicans are behind cancel culture Mm. and they're the ones because of this liz cheney thing um she can go find another job she can she's not she's canceled she got she's still she's still there she still holds her office (laughs) she's just not Yeah, (laughs) how is this cancel culture this is a party saying you're out of step with our party um whether she is or not that's for the party to decide and if you don't if you want to be a part of the party then join the party and make those decisions you don't 
get out and leave them do their own thing. There is, uh, but there is something there, interesting. Mean, probably not worth hitting on, but it is odd that you'd throw out someone who voted with Trump ninety three percent of the time for someone who voted for Trump seventy eight percent of the time and say it's a move toward. Yeah, I, that's a totally different situation, but it is a I little think, strange. Yeah, I think the problem, my problem with uh, Liz Cheney mm-hmm. is that she was, um, I think, underhanded. She was part of this, you know, uh, movement I, I, behind the scenes. Um, her votes are fine. Fine with me. I don't care. Yeah, no, it's just it's interesting who they're. I don't know. I mean, I. People get very, you know, a lot of people get, I think, tied up in the personalities involved in these situations. And it's like, well, it's interesting who the Republican Party is deciding to replace Cheney with. I mean, it's just like, okay, she doesn't seem to be very much in line with Trump or hardcore conservatism in any way. So we're going to take out someone who's voting with Trump 93 percent of the time. And and someone who's in her last year in Congress, 67 percent of the time voted voted with Trump. And they're going to put her in leadership. That's exactly what Republicans do. I know. And no one seems to be noticing it. Anyway, it's totally separate situation. This is this is going everywhere now. uh, The the cancel culture thing. And it's interesting that it's become such an issue. And it's so universally sort of despised that the two answers to it from the left are one it doesn't exist they just claim it doesn't mm-hmm. exist when right. when you bring up a, you know clear cut examples and number two, that actually it does exist, but they're the victims of it, right? Like Andrew Cuomo <laughs> tried to roll this it. out too. I know, I love it. It's this. like, I oh, yeah. Oh, I, let me I, show you. I, a, hang on. Let me let me show you an example of just freedom of thought that Clyburn is looking for. This is a this is a a woman, Azra Nomani. She is talking to the Fairfax School Board about the double standards in the pursuit of anti racism. Uh, listen, what happens? And then by the fall, every single one of you voted to remove the merit-based race-blind admissions test to TJ. And we pled with you as Asians, as an immigrant. I came at the age of four. I knew no English. And you didn't listen to us. And now I sit here listening to this empty proclamations and declarations that you're making about your great value of Asian Americans. You tell us about you going Melanie Marin to Japanese restaurant. Well, do you know that just a few weeks ago in social emotional learning at TJ, our students were told that if they do salsa dancing, it amounts to cultural appropriation and that they needed to check their racism. And that is our mostly minority, mostly Asian students. And so your empty proclamations are just that. And then today, we get this vacuous survey from you, Dr. Brabrand, and you dare to tell us that you're going to consider removing the one policy that parents have to defend their students from indoctrination and activism, the policy that makes certain that anything taught in our school that is controversial must be presented fairly. You have to just think for yourself, If you have to remove a policy like that, how can you possibly be doing anything good? And then this survey, it's just a loaded survey. And who is it by? Indeed, New York Leadership Academy. And what has that survey done? They've asked us the questions for the contract. Thank you for your time. That you have now signed. Thank you for your time. That will allow them to spend millions of dollars. Thank you for your time. Your time is up, ma'am. 
You all Your time need is to up, ma'am. Your time has expired. Yes, you Your always time has expired. Next speaker. Continue to Next shut us down. Speaker. Because that's what you love. Please go to your seat. Oh my gosh. Ugh. Oh my gosh. The arrogance of these people. Did you hear the disdain in her voice? Your time has expired. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, you can't ignore people like this. You cannot ignore people. You can't shut them down and treat them like garbage. It's not going to last. I fear, however, that's what they want. Now, let me give you a response to the woke culture and to all of the crap that is happening from these radical Marxists. And I'm not going to call them radical Marxists. I read an op-ed today and it is from a great author uh, of a really, I think, important book. And he has his kid up in a very, very prominent, uh, snotty New York school that's very woke. And all of these snotty progressives are coming to him and going, I can't believe these Marxist radicals. What are we going to do? And he's like, he's like, you know, I'm tired. I'm, I'm the only conservative, you know. And so everybody's whining to me. And he wrote an op-ed about this, and I want you to hear it. We're going to share it with you in 60 seconds. Stand by. First, do you have a timeshare? Oh, golly. Golly. You know, I'm guessing that you would go through maybe a hundred of those timeshare seminars if they would say, and your free gift is you're out of the timeshare at the end. Uh that would be a that would be a that would be a great one, wouldn't it? You want out of your timeshare? There's a legal way out, uh, and, and all you have to do is contact the attorneys. This is a firm of attorneys. This is not former timeshare. You know, I my tie is my middle name, and uh, you know I help talk people into these things all the time. Well, I did before I realized how wrong it was. Now I'm going to call my fr- my former colleagues and i'm going to get you out of this uh-huh how about an attorney get an attorney get a whole firm of attorneys that know exactly how to legally and permanently get you out 100 percent guaranteed well i don't have that but i mean i could possibly get you another my tie call timeshare termination team timeshare termination team.com their phone number is 888 get you out 888-GET-YOU-OUT, timeshare-termination-team.com. Make sure you tell them that Glenn Beck sent you, because if you do, you'll get 20% off when you terminate your timeshare. So do that now. Timeshare-termination-team.com. 10 seconds, station ID. I'm terrified of the woke radicals at my kid's school, end quote. Rarely a week goes by when I don't hear some variation on this gripe from fellow parents in New York City. Invariably, they lower their voices, lest prying ears catch them objecting to the official ideology. These are solidly liberal Manhattanites, mind you. They don't just want their children, uh, they don't, they just don't want their children being told they carry the unwashable stain of racial sin. 
and they'd really rather have their kids master real knowledge instead of being taught to meditate endlessly on their own race, gender, and sexuality. As their only out conservative that they know, I'm often the only person these parents can pour their anguish out to, and I am wearying of the job. I worry just as much about those rise of the woke as they do. Yet, I've come to view the ambient liberalism these New Yorkers take for granted as a big part of the problem. It doesn't suffice to overcome wokeness because it forms people to be selfish and self-maximizing to avoid deep commitments of any kind. Put another way, there's a reason these parents confine their gripes to the one conservative they know. At the end of the day, they're prepared to tolerate woke rule if it means passing on their elite status to their prodigy. If history of the 20th century totalitarianism uh, should have taught us anything, it's that radicals can usually get the better of such people <clears throat> by playing on their yearning to get ahead in life. <clears throat> Whereas the true dissidents and resistors, those who refuse to profess that two plus two equals five, draw strength from faith, from tradition, and from true authority. It's a message I've inscribed quite literally in my own son's identity by naming him after St. Maximilian Kolbe, one of the greatest Christian martyrs, in my opinion. <clears throat> Born to a pious family in central Poland in 1894, Kolbe joined the Franciscans at the age of 16. Following doctoral studies in Rome and ordination as a priest, Kolbe returned to his homeland where he started a newspaper, a radio station, a monastic community outside of Warsaw. He campaigned against communism and secularism and went to far-flung missions in the Far East. Then came the German invasion of Poland, and with it, Kolbe's greatest hour. In 1941, the Nazis arrested and sent him to Auschwitz. Father Maximilian Mary Kolbe became prisoner number 16670. One night in July, an inmate escaped from Kolbe's block. The camp deputy commandment, Karl Fritz, carried out his protocol for when inmates escaped. He just randomly selected 10 men to die of starvation as the collective punishment for the one escapee. Kolbe wasn't one of those chosen to die. But once the commandant pointed to one of the men, that man cried out, my wife, my children. That's when Colby stepped forward. Fritz said, what does this Polish pig want? Colby told him, I'd like to take his place because he has a wife and children. And so he did for a complete stranger in Auschwitz. The writer of this op-ed said, when I learned Colby's story, I decided to name my son after him. I was awestruck by how he climbed the summit of human freedom at Auschwitz, of all places, and how he did this precisely by denying himself, by binding himself to the moral absolutes of his faith. We equate freedom with the mere ability to choose from the wildest range of options, unhindered by the authorities and restraints that guided traditional peoples. For the pre-modern uh, traditions, not least the West classic and Christian heritage, freedom meant choosing what one ought to do. Freedom for the good 
And that meant self-mastery above all. We, by contrast, seek self-gratification and well-being, usually defined in material utilitarian terms. In practice, our version of freedom leaves the modern subject confused. Every generation has to reinvent morality and swaying to the ideological winds. But to be bound to religious tradition and authorities as cold as is to have a moral backbone. The person who knows where he comes from and where he's headed won't easily bend along the way, and he is prepared to sacrifice even unto death. As we prepared to sacrifice anything in resistance to our centuries totalitarians, are we prepared? The wokes, for all their absurdities, have moral vision for which they're prepared to make sacrifices. It's a twisted morality, to be sure, but it's more than their live-and-let-live opponents in the Upper East Side possesses. Unless we recover our deeper roots and bequeath what we find, tradition literally means handing on. The Wokes will win. This was written by uh, Sorab Aman, uh, our uh armari he is the author of the uh, book the unbroken thread discovering the wisdom of tradition in the age of chaos it is well well worth uh the read uh because he's right we're afraid to stand up because we will lose our place we might lose our material things. That will not stop any of this. We don't have a moral compass, it seems, anymore. One that is rooted in standing up because it's right, not for us, per se, but for future generations. That's why we won World War II. We didn't go over there because we would receive punishment if we didn't. We, we went over there because we knew what was happening was wrong. For a long time, Americans stayed away from the fight. Stayed away until the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. Then we wanted to fight totalitarianism. Well. The totalitarians are bombing our schools relentlessly with critical race theory. What will it take for us to stand up and have the moral conviction to say, I don't care what happens to me. I care about my country and my children's freedom. That's what's at stake here. Not our job, not our money, but our children's freedom. This is the Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. You know, if you're a, a homeowner, you're the type who's fiscally responsible. Right now, you could be a phone call away from a massive change for the better in your financial life. Mortgage rates have been going down for, I don't know, over a year. They continued to plummet month after month for a while to the point where it's not weird to see mortgage rates in the 2% range. I've never seen those in my lifetime. May I suggest I have seen 18 and 19% mortgage rates 
I saw them in the Carter years. And this feels a little like Jimmy Carter years. May I highly recommend that if you want to refi or you want a consolidation loan, get out of those high interest credit cards. Credit is going to be very hard to come by in the near future. Call American Financing. AmericanFinancing.net. They're waiting to help you right now. 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. Stephen Crowder, Mark Levin, Glenn Beck, Pat Gray, Stu Does America, all available on Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. Axios reported last week a job report for the ages. April could see more than 2 million jobs added. Reuters, U.S. economy likely created nearly a million jobs in April. CNBC, April jobs expected to top 1 million as consumers boost the economy. Market Watch, a million new jobs? That's how many Wall Streeters think the U.S. created in April. Barron's, get ready for a blockbuster jobs report of 1 million or more. New York Times, jobs report is expected to show a big gain. Live updates. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't happen. Uh, it, uh, in fact, uh, uh, we, 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 um, we, 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 we didn't get job, uh, job growth. We, we actually lost some jobs. And so that's, um, that's, well, that's, a, we were well it, under it, it expectations. Was, there was still some growth, Glenn, but it was just, they just missed it by, you know, four or five times. That's all. I mean, it was, sure. That's not, right. is that a big deal? I mean, <laughs> I mean, what, what, right. what's a few hundred thousand jobs among well, friends? It, it was, uh, unemployment rate increased in April. Uh, it, it grew by a hundred thousand people. Uh, well, so it, grew. It, it was 200. I thought it, they were expecting about a million new jobs and they got 225,000 uh, new jobs. Contrary to the bullish expectations, mm. the unemployment rate uh, actually mm. ticked up a tenth of a point to 6.1% in April. The economy did add 266,000 jobs, 266. far fewer mm. than the uh, the 770 revised number added in March and the 536 added in February. Uh, this uh, this jobs report actually uh, is a job report of the ages. You know what this is, is, the, um, you know, I was going to say it was, uh, you know, a misfire. But this president wants us to look at this differently. Here's the audio of Joe Biden talking about the jobs report. This month's job numbers show we're on the right track. Shows that we stop, 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 stop. Stu. Mm-hmm. Would you say that this jobs report shows that we're on the right track? Well, the, the track, is, as you mentioned, was what? Uh, increasing for, it was January, February, March, all increased. And then mm-hmm. we had a major drop off in April. So yeah. would you consider so, that? I would not. I would, <laughs> I would not consider that on the right track. We should I'd also say, p- huh? point out that, um, uh, that all of the job uh, gains were in the hospitality um areas ah, which again okay. you know look it's good to see we like to see that the restaurants are coming back a little bit and and hospitality is popping back that's Abs- good yeah um, that's good but i mean that doesn't that doesn't make things that we can sell to other people 
Yeah, I look, the service industry yeah. is an important part of our economy, no Very doubt. Important. But, yeah. you know, the fact that that, you know, mm-hmm. restaurants are opening up because restrictions are being lifted in certain areas. But then it's we not have really po- yeah, we have reactive ro- of policies from. <laughs> yeah. And then we have the minus minus jobs yeah. in all mm-hmm. of the other areas outside of hospitality. Yeah. Where we're actually losing mm-hmm. jobs. That's frightening. Yeah. And then you yeah. add on to the fact that we're in an era where we're spending multiple trillions of dollars to yeah, prop this economy up yeah we haven't spent enough yet you, you you'll see we haven't spent enough that is but the, I, I want you to listen so first of all we're on the right track according to this president uh we're on the right track and there's even more this month's job numbers show we're on the right track mm-hmm. we still have a long mm-hmm. way to go mm-hmm. as i said my laser focus is on growing laser the focus. nation's economy and creating jobs. Mm. My laser mm. focus is on vaccinating our nation. Oh. And we're making continued progress. My laser Wait. focus is on one more thing. Making what, sure working thing. people in this country, hardworking people are no longer left out in the cold. They're going to okay. get a share of the benefits of a rising economy. It's okay. been a long time since that happened. I right. call my plan Just like last president. The blue collar blueprint for America. That's ah. exactly what it is. So mm-hmm. let's not let up. We're still digging okay. our way out of a very deep hole we were put in. No we were put in. should underestimate how tough this battle is. Right. We still okay. have a job to do here in Washington. All right. So, Stu, people, what, what, what was his laser focus again? Did he have three lasers or only one laser? I don't know. He, seen, la- he had laser focus, I know, on, on, on COVID and, and vaccinations. COVID. I yeah, yeah, his but his also his laser focus is on equity and equity. So obviously. We, we got that. Mm-hmm. We got not that. equality. I yeah. I don't know if he's a cyclops, so he only has one eye. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if so, his laser focus should move towards the economy because without the economy, we really don't have anything. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's some simple things he could do, like uh, hey, cut the extra three hundred dollars. Uh, from unemployment mm. that people are using as an excuse to not go back to work. I mean, I just, I mean, that's just, that's I know it's crazy, crazy. We can call it an excuse all we want, but people are making a pragmatic cost benefit analysis. Yes, they are. Whether it's worth going somewhere for 40 hours a week to make less money. I can't blame mm-hmm. them for saying that's a bad return on investment. No, no. I mean, we're being encouraged to stay home and you know they know exactly what they're doing the the chamber of commerce just came out and said uh can you cut that because uh after the jobs report i think it's pretty clear that's uh not the way to go yeah two states also, now have, um, uh, have are going to abandon it already and that's going to pass it's going to continue to pass especially in red states around the country yeah well red states lost fewer jobs uh red states are recovering faster and uh, we'll continue to lead the way and then be blamed for everything. Um, the uh, the other thing is that he missed on his laser focus was the uh, the cyber attack of the gasoline pipeline. Kind of a big deal, you know, seeing that it uh, is, what was it, 50 percent of the East's uh, gasoline and jet fuel. Just it was just, you know. Somewhere between 40 and 60 percent. So it's not it's not even worth mentioning. Um, but uh, they say if they don't have this solved by Tuesday, uh, then it's going to really skyrocket uh, prices. But only in half of the country. And fortunately, 
it's the most populated half of the country. You take uh, up from the Louisiana-Texas border, and uh, if you're looking at the map, and you go right, yeah, you might have some problems with some oil and gas prices. Maybe, you know, because there's going to be a shortage. But don't worry. It's not like the driving season starts in a couple of weeks, you know? Just drive half as far. If it's 50% of the gas, just drive half as far. These are they're easy solutions that we can common sense solutions. I don't know why people don't listen to you more often, Stu, (laughs) because that is really, really, really true. Here's the thing, Glad, and you walk me through this because you're the historian around here. You have all these artifacts. You get this whole museum right across uh, the walkway Mm -hmm. here. And um, my impression of the job of president of the United States was you needed to focus on multiple things at once. I didn't know no, not anymore. you came not in and kind of laser focused on one thing and let everything no. else go to crap. I didn't know that was the thing. No, it's you can't laser focus on just one thing. Uh, that That's the way it used to be. Uh, but now it's, you know, you need a nap at three o'clock. Take a nap, you know, after mm-hmm. dinner, which is at two. Uh, so to have some dinner. Go to sleep, wake up maybe 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning. Do you remember how many times they said that uh, Donald Trump is going to bed early? Oh, yeah. All he does he is watch TV, early. then he goes, goes to bed early. Yeah, yeah, he goes to bed. Uh, this guy, I think, <laughs> I think at least Trump was watching the news. I think Biden, maybe at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, is watching Matlock mm-hmm. or Murder, She Wrote, right. and then going to bed. <laughs> you know I, what I mean? I have a, a 16-year-old pug. That his entire day is just sleeping, waking up, eating, going to the bathroom, going back to sleep. He's only up for, I think, legit an hour a day. That's it. If you combine all the the times he's actually up with his eyes open, you're at about an hour a day. And I think he's awake more than Joe Biden is. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Let's pretend your dog was president of the United States. (laughs) Okay. And you're the chief of staff. Mm Mm-hmm. And I find out that Russia, that Russian hackers, for the second time in just a couple of months, <laughs> right. have now uh, given us a cyber attack where they cut, quote, the jugular mm-hmm. of our oil and gas supply to the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And it happens Friday, and we knew about the you know the 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 hack in on thursday because they took so much data and now they're holding this pipeline hostage for ransom and i come over to your house and mm. i say is president is president miles available <laughs> i've got some really they've just cut the jugular of the uh, oil pipeline well and i think we need to meet here's the thing with miles is uh-huh. he's mostly you mean Mr. president yes president miles he's yes. mostly uh blind and basically completely deaf so okay. if you try to wake shout him it. up he's uh-huh. always completely stunned like he's terrified <laughs> whoa like if he's awake and he's facing away from you he never hears you coming so he always is uh, you know scared stunned. and stunned and jolted right, every okay. time so a lot of times mm. i don't i try not to wake him up or try not to right. because i don't but want this to is scare the cutting him. of the ju- this is the cutting of the jugular right of gas so maybe for the entire east coast but you don't want to jolt joe biden 
awake. Okay. You don't want to scare right. him. You don't want to. So maybe okay. wait a little while to tell him about this incredible international incident <laughs> that's ongoing. You know, okay, wait a so few days. you would give the you you would say wait until he's awake. Yeah, the like next wait day? until he's awake and, and you're in front right. of him. Don't walk from okay. behind him because then he'll be scared. Okay. But if you kind of All are right. already in front of him, walking toward him, he'll see kind okay. of your shadow coming, and then it'll be okay. Okay, so you would give if. Your dog Miles was the president. <laughs> That's how I would handle. You would give the same advice mm-hmm. that apparently was given to you know colonial the colonial oil pipeline people or or the NSA or anybody who should have seen this one coming. They knew about it on Friday. Mm-hmm. They didn't brief the president until Saturday. It's just a day. I mean, what could happen? You know, a day is a day. Like if the missiles are in the air, you just say, we'll let him know if one's coming here, maybe. But what are we going to do about it anyway? Look, Orlando used to be Orlando. It's no longer Orlando. He'll he'll have to reschedule a vacation. (laughs) But I mean, that's not urgent. (laughs) It is. It is insane. Mm -hmm. It's just insane. And every country that was afraid of us just recently they're now, they're like, hey, I don't know. Uh, they're negotiating with Iran. Let's set them on fire. Let's collapse their economy. Let's let's go ahead and uh, and just hack into all of their financial stuff and their military stuff and their energy stuff. We could shut them down within a week, and they're not going to do anything. Uh, maybe maybe we have a problem with our stance in the world. Maybe just a little bit. Seeing that Hunter Biden keeps losing his dog tags at his Chinese secretary's apartment. You mean his doggy uh, chain ne- necklace? Yeah. Yeah. It mm-hmm. might be for Miles. He might have been <laughs> getting something for President Miles. I'm not sure. <laughs> I want to tell you about Ann. She lives in Florida. She writes about her dog's experience with rough greens. She said our 65-pound Staffordshire. What is, what is a Staffordshire? Do you know? 65 pounds of a dog Mm. anyway been um has been able to stop taking allergy shots her spots have disappeared since adding rough greens to her food she has so much more energy she can't wait for her next meal we spent the last several years trying to find the best dry dry dog food due to her skin issues but she still needed the shots every 90 days rough greens has been a tremendous discovery thank you so much rough greens it is really miraculous and it's it's alive especially if you're feeding your dog dry food they need all of the live things you know the probiotics and all that stuff they need that um and you can't get it in a dry dog food so they they you sprinkle this up it's like a little for my dog at least it's a tablespoon and you put it on their food and they love it they love it now your dog may not love it and if your dog doesn't love it the last thing you need is to buy a big pack of uh, this stuff so they're going to send you a free package it's a uh, little as, I don't know, it's probably got 10 tablespoons in it, so five tablespoons in it. So you'll be able to feed your dog, uh, put this on uh, his food or her food, and see if they like it. If they like it, then go back and order a full bag of Rough Greens and watch. Over a couple of months, you're going to see changes in your dog you can't believe. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. That's roughgreens.com slash Beck. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. If you happen to listen to podcasts, make sure you subscribe to the Glenn Beck Program podcast wherever you get them. Also, let me uh, recommend you subscribe to Stu Does America, the podcast. Uh, We're going to be talking about Disney going woke 
tonight. Uh, and it's amazing what's going on. Disney, this you know, this service, this company that so many people have trusted to teach their kids and entertain their kids for all these years. Listen to what they're teaching their uh, employees behind the scenes. They have a new uh, new program out, and it's it's about diversity and inclusion. Disney recommending that all employees atone for all of this uh, their, uh, white supremacist uh, uh, systemic nature by challenging colorblind ideologies and rhetoric such as all lives matter and I don't see color. You must listen with empathy to black colleagues and not question or debate black colleagues colleagues lived experience. So now colorblind, that's the that's the enemy now. What you always thought was racism is now the thing you're supposed to do. What you always thought was the opposite of racism is now the thing that is the enemy. Another module of this program called What Can I Do About Racism? Disney tells employees that they should reject equality, reject equality with a focus on equal treatment and access to opportunities and instead strive for equity with a focus on the equality of outcome. Training also includes a series of lessons on implicit biases, uh, microaggressions, becoming an anti-racist, all of this crazy nonsense that leads to discrimination against other groups, just changing the target from what people used to do back in the day that we all were all trying to turn around. We're going to have Christopher Rufo, the guy who uncovered this on the show later this week. This is a massive problem and it's everywhere. This is the Glenn Beck Program.